If you want to let go of past pain, transcend your traumas, expand your consciousness, and reclaim your power to finally be the main character of your own conscious reality, as well as learning about conscious living, you're at the right place. Welcome to Conscious Matters. It's a safe space where we chat about conscious matters, focus on self-empowerment, awareness, holistic wellness, and sustainability. Join me, Melissa DiBerry, for inspiring conversations with myself and some of the most beautiful souls out there. We expand on our experiences and share what we've learned along our healing journey to live in peace, harmony, and mindfulness on a daily basis. Oh, and share with loved ones and don't forget to take five little seconds to review this podcast by just leaving a few stars and kind words that would really help with the algorithm so we can spread the message to help more people live consciously. Get your mind, body, and soul ready for a ride in consciousness. Namaste, listeners. Hi, everyone. We're back with writer Elizabeth Thorne today talking about mindset work to find or find again our true self and true path. If you have already listened to part one last month, you can skip the intro. The timestamps are in the show notes. And if you haven't, keep listening and don't forget to catch the first part of this discussion around mindset work. Do what you can with what you've got where you are. A quote by Theodore Roosevelt. We all want to live the life of our dreams. And I say we very much now a right to want so. Nonetheless, to get the desired destination, we cannot avoid going through the journey of life, the one that is full of ups and downs, twists and turns, obstacles and setbacks, good and bad. But at the end of the day, it's life. Most of the challenges I overcame in life until now, apart from God's grace, the universe having my back, were mainly thanks to tapping into my own intuition, using my creativity, even in problem solving, and most importantly, dabbling or even tripling down on mindset work. That journey, that very journey, actually led me to create Conscious Matters platform, which serves as a C-space where I hope to empower people through self-awareness, self-love and self-development talks to reach our highest self, unleash our potential and raise our consciousness. As you know by now, I recently expanded Conscious Matters to YouTube, same name, different content, thus adding another format where over there, I mainly focus on mindset work. When looking up the definition of mindset, it clearly states that, I'm quoting the definition here, your mindset is a set of belief that shape how you make sense of the world and yourself. It influences how you think, feel, and behave in any given situation. It means that what you believe about yourself impacts your success or failure. End of quote. I honestly encourage everyone to master mindset work, especially creatives and business owners. Why? Because when creating something, an art piece, a business, a project, anything really, it becomes intrinsically embroiled with our own vision, emotions, ideas, ideals even, and most importantly, our personal values. In today's society, in order to play the long game sanely, and I insist on that word, <laughs> sanely, is a hard learning curve to dissociate our worth from our work or productivity, separating our worth from our success or failure, controlling our thoughts to make sure they gear us or they drive us in a way that aligns with our highest good and managing our emotions to use them in a way that elevates us can only be done through a healthy and empowering mindset. At least that's what I think. The biggest minds in history have sworn on mindset. Think about Maya Angelou, Malcolm X, Tony Robbins, 
Esther Hicks, Joe Dispenza, Louise Hay, and so many amazing and great minds. Utilizing the power of our mind to favor the outcomes of our lives is what we'll be discussing about today. And I'm so excited to talk about that with the amazing Elizabeth Thorne. She's a writer, polyglot, traveler, and serial entrepreneur who used mindset work to completely transform her life in a way that soothes her soul, expands her mind, and fills her heart. And I cannot wait to start the conversation. Listen up to this jam. Hi, Elizabeth. Hello. I'm so excited to start again to continue our conversation on mindset work. I know that you have so much more to share. So let's go. Let's do it. Perfect. I'm excited. How did mindset work help you to create the life you've envisioned and living right now, personal and professional? I think the very beginning of mindset work allowed me to, or just engaging in looking inward in general allowed me to really clear away things that didn't serve me or that weren't really my passions or my thoughts. And so I think when you start to, you know, quote unquote, do mindset work, whatever that means to you, I think part of that is just, it's just turning kind of the lens that you use to look out onto the world back onto yourself. And I think that that first step of of mindset work or of any sort of like spiritual journey allows you to figure out, you know, what is really mine and what is not mine or what have I been taught or conditioned to believe is true. So I think in the very beginning, a lot of that was just clearing away, you know, like old beliefs that maybe weren't mine to begin with or were mine to begin with, but didn't serve me any longer. And just really getting to the core of, you know, who am I and what do I want? Because I don't think you can really effectively change your mindset. I guess you can as you go, but I think you really need to have a good base of understanding of who you are and what you want, right? You know, you can't manifest the life of your dreams if you're not at least slightly clear about where you're going you know i think that as we spoke about last time it's important to have to me a loose goal i don't think i personally do well with like you know in three years and two months we're going to have this much money saved and this is the address of where we're going to live you know it's more of like here are the values that i want to embody here's the type of life that i want to live It's characterized by freedom. It's characterized by comfort. It's characterized by safety. You know, like that to me is a general outline or a general guideline of what I want my life to look like. So I think at the very beginning of doing that mindset work, it was important for me to identify those core themes or core objectives. And then little by little, as I started to pursue that kind of authenticity in myself, I was naturally kind of guided or interested in or presented with opportunities that allowed me to cultivate my, you know, dream life. And I think it's important that you and I have talked about this before, that it's definitely not immediate, right? It's daily, small, very, very small actions over months, years, like the rest of our lives, basically, that that all add up to living whatever you find to be your dream life is. And that changes over time as well. But I think for me, it was just being able to cultivate a space mentally, where I was able to identify, you know, what do I really want? Who am I? What do I value and believe in? And what's important to me in life outside of money or career or whatever? It's like, I value emotional safety and I value physical safety, you know, like having a comfortable place to live. I value being around honest and authentic people, things like that. Once I had those values, it was easier to kind of like backwardsly construct a life that fit into that. And so when we talk about mindset work or developing your 
dream life. A lot of the times my husband and I talk to people about this just because it's kind of part of what we do in business. We are always like, you know, what do you want to do? Like, what does your dream life look like? What kind of characters like we're talking about? What values does it include? And what we do is it's like, okay, well, I want to live. I don't want to work for anybody else. I want to have enough money to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. We want to be able to have a business that allows us to travel. So, you know, we can't really own a cafe somewhere, a restaurant that a lot that requires us to be there full time. Yeah. Um, those little things. And so we did that for ourselves. And we, in talking to friends and family who are interested in doing something similar, that's what we always ask them. And it's like, okay, now you have the structure of what you want your life to look like. Now you can work backwards and kind of create a game plan for how you might achieve that. That's what we did. And it worked out. I mean, I would say quite well, I would say I'm, I'm not, you know, 100% living my total outrageous dream life right now. But I think we're about 90% of the way there. And I think the rest is just time. When you were answering, I was rethinking about my question. I think yes, is a part mindset work, but is very much intentional work or intentional way of looking at life and doing everything in life with intentions. And once you're very clear on your values, that's how you can take intentional action so you can build up your dream life. But you need to have that mindset work to keep on going with your intentions, to not give up on yourself, to not let other things become a priority when they're not aligned with your intentions or with your values, I mean. Yeah, too, like it's important. I think you and I have also talked about this before that it's not overnight. I know I just mentioned that, but I think yeah. I hesitate sometimes to tell people this because it's not like you have to have everything figured out. Like, Nobody has anything all figured out, you know, like we're all still evolving and growing. And so it's not like I had everything figured out and my life just worked out because I, I'm like, okay, this is it. I, this is exactly what I want. It continues to evolve and change as, as I grow and get older as well. And that's okay. I think what, like to your point, it's just important to have the intention to set intentions of, of growing and to have intent, like just be mindful of, of searching for those answers within yourself. And I think that naturally on that journey, you kind of just, I mean, there's no scientific evidence to back this up, but from what I've seen from everybody else in my life, who's followed a similar journey, when you're mindful and then set intentions about what you want, you kind of just get pulled to where you're meant to be, right? Like your life evolves in a way that is to your greatest good, I think. Yeah. And just to backtrack a little bit to what you said at the beginning with mindset, like, because we need to know ourselves, that's for sure, in order to determine what values are very close to our heart, so we can then define the intentions to go with it. But I think even after doing the self-awareness of who am I, what I want, what are my values, one of the misconceptions that I came across and that was a little bit hard for me to understand is that I felt like once I figured everything out, it was supposed like to, okay, then we go, we do this and that, and we keep on going. There should not be any obstacle. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> I got it. I understood yeah. it, but I won. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's not like that. It doesn't work like that. So keeping that mindset uh, very strong and very intentional, but still being open to not being lost, but not really knowing what's the next step and trying to start to flow a little bit better with life and being okay to adjust, to be okay to open yourself to new things, to new people, to new visions, to new perspectives. 
So sometimes by trying new things and then you realize, okay, that might not really be what I want, but it's still in the same vein. So I can adjust it. Then I find eventually find what is truly meant for me. And sometimes it's like completely different. It's not even the same vein. And you're like, okay, but at least I've learned a few skills in that thing so that I can now incorporate in the new thing. Obviously, it's to create the life that you've envisioned or the life that feels true to yourself, at least mindset work, intentions, values, but being okay to be with the flow of life, the ebbs and flows, I should even say. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's not only about the flowing. Yeah. I think too, uh, at the end of our last chat, I was really thinking about kind of what I had said about the loose goals for me again. It's like, I think if you know yourself and you know what's important to you, you know, like being trustworthy, being kind, being having freedom, whatever is important to you. I think when you know who you are and you move about the world in a way that's authentic to your true self, I think like you're saying, those ebbs and flows become easier to manage because if I'm living my truth, then both the ebbs and the flows are to my greatest, like they're, they're serving a higher purpose. And I know that sounds a little bit maybe too like wishy-washy or spiritual, but it's all good, you know, like if I'm being authentic to myself, then nothing can be bad because it's it's true, right? It's it's the truth, at least to me. And so I think that that's kind of something that I wanted to just retouch on just because it's important to know that authenticity, I think, is key in a lot of this. And that just takes time, right, to know who you are and what you want. And it evolves as well. You know, like you and I had talked about, I, I hope I am not the same person in six months as I am right now. You know, I, I, I hope I continue to evolve and grow. I hope people meet me in six months and are like, wow, what are you, what's, who's this, you know, like, and I think it's just a constant, like in talking about doing mindset work or creating your ideal life, it's just a constant checking in with yourself, right? Like, you know, okay, that was important to me six months ago. Is it still important to me now? Is it something I can do better? You know, I think it just is just constant work in a good way. I absolutely agree. And thank you for precising that because That's what I was saying last time. Like sometimes we think about mindset work. We think about the awakening journey as something completely positive and love and light. And it's amazing. Yes, it's amazing. Yes, it's transformative. Just like I said last time. But it's also a process. It's also obstacles. It's also challenges. It's also failures. It's also facing your fears and your shortcomings. So a lot of self-doubt as well and not really seeing clearly where you're heading, but Mm -hmm. feeling deep down that you're on the right path. So it can be scary. It's like you moving like with a blindfold on, but you still trust. You feel like that once you've done the self-awareness, you've done the shadow work or at least working on your trauma. And that's when you're able to move through life with your intentions, with the trust, with your mindset that becomes much stronger. Just like you said, like even the failures and the challenges are working for me and not against me anymore because I know that I'm heading in one direction that feels true to me, that feels authentic to me. So the bad thing that happened or the negative thing, whatever you want to call it, is part of the process. It's part of the lesson. It's part of my growth. So um, that's all yeah. that I wanted to say. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. I'm I'm 100% in agreement. Yeah. What values do you think you discovered or dabbled down on to keep up the most effective mindset for you? I think it was, for me, um, a lot about kind of feeling and... So like I 
used to have certain friends, for example, who just didn't make me feel good. And it wasn't like they said or did anything. It was just, I mean, you know, if you've ever been like, if you feel like a vibe or an energy or whatever, especially when you start to heal, um, those negatives or toxic situations begin to be a little bit more unsupportable, like unbearable, you know? And so I think in my body and my mind, we're just rejecting being around drama or being around untruthful people. And that wasn't like who I surrounded myself with on a daily basis, but there were still people in my life that behaved that way. And so for me, I guess just kind of like, how do I want to feel in my daily life? I don't want to feel pressured. I don't want to feel scared. I want to physically live in a space that is uh, safe for me and comfortable for me and quiet because that makes me feel safe and not scared. How do I want to work with people? You know, little by little, the types of clients that we've accepted are very much based on their personality. It doesn't have anything to do with their actual business or their their capability of paying a certain dollar amount. It's, but will we have a good working relationship? Because that's important to me. It's a big part of my daily life, you know, Monday to Friday all day. So I think for me, it was about like, how do I want to feel? And so like safe, secure, trusted, like I want other people in my life to be able to trust me. And then I think outside of just pure values for myself, and because I did this with my husband, this life that we have now I built with him. For me, it was specifically freedom. Like I don't want to be constrained by having to go to an office for a certain number of hours a day. And like, I can't leave unless it's at at like 5pm. Or I don't want to be able to say, you know, um, I want to take three days off to, you know, treat my husband to a birthday trip. Like, oh, please, can I go? You know, like, yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I think that's the part that I hate the most with the yeah. regular work life is like begging for your time. Yeah. And I mean, not to say, you know, like, I know that there are people, and we talk about this all the time in our business because we rely on other people to help us build our business. You know, like there are yeah. a big benefit in being an employee. It's just not for me. You know, it's, yeah, I, it's I, super I important. And thank God yeah. there are still people who love being employees because we need yeah. that in our society. But just yeah. my personality, me personally, I can't. Like no. I tried. I yeah. tried. It but hurts. I just can't. Yeah, yeah. And I'm really not against like, it's just like personality thing. It's like values thing. It's like, yeah. And I I know people like we've got a ton of people like in my friends and family that also wouldn't care to travel like they just don't it's like for them it's like why would I care like I don't even need to take my two weeks like they're just not interested in them you know so but to me so like for us specifically freedom was a big one both in terms of time and money so we had to create a life that allowed us to live location independently you know, if we want to live in, we live in Portugal now, but if we want to spend, you know, a month in Italy next summer, we can do that. And it's not going to affect any type of work that we do or any of our clients. We needed to build a life that allowed us to like economically sustain that, um, be able to travel, be able to live in Europe, things like that. Um, And then just also do something that was very like, what's important to me on a daily basis. I'm not very extroverted. And so for me, focusing on something that has to do with writing where I can just put headphones in and listen to like jazz music and write all day without speaking to anybody. It's kind of great for me, you know? <laughs> and so like, something alert. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, massively. And so like that, that was important to me as well. It's just like, again, what was important to me and how can I kind of reverse engineer a life based on that? And so that's why we created our business the way that we did. And that's why we live where we live, you know, like we chose 
Portugal because it's a great place to live in Europe and travel in Europe. You know, like we can travel for a long weekend very easily and quickly. And like, those are very small little things, but just identifying what was important to me was like safety, security, freedom. It's just like, again, economically and personal freedom. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those were all big for me. What are yours outside of uh, freedom, obviously, as we can, as we know now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Freedom. Peace is number one. I realized that I wanted internal peace and outer peace. Like for me, just like you having a quiet space, comfortable space to live wherever in the world, but at least having like a sanctuary in a way, like when the word is too much outside, like I can always like come back to you and like regenerate and all of that. So inner peace, like stopping the tug of war between me and my, and my self-doubt and my fears and my limiting beliefs, like all of that. So peace, freedom, balance is very important for me to have a full life. So having balance between, okay, work, but also personal, family, social, trying to blend all of that and feeling, because I'm not an extrovert, but I'm not fully an introvert. Like I'm an ambivert, I would say. So I'm like in between and I need this balance between like social, professional, personal, so on and so forth. Um, And also having this balance between living in my own culture, but also in other cultures and like finding this back to you once again, like to the humanism or humanity of life and being able to dab into everything and finding my own balance. And the last one would be grounding because I'm such a big dreamer, but I need to <laughs> also like be very, just like we said last time, like the spiritual uh, yeah. balance out with the practicality, like mm-hmm. having my feet on the ground, but still my head in the cloud, but having like this groundedness so I can actually materialize my dreams. So I would say, yeah, it's four values, peace, freedom, balance, and grounding. Perfect. I love the last one. I think that's, like you said, the cultural and then just being grounded in I think being surrounded by other cultures helps you stay grounded, right? It's like, yeah, I love being forced to, or being like blessed with the opportunity to experience other people's points of views and cultures. And mm. I mean, Paris is a fantastic place for that. Lisbon's really great for that as well. New York um, as well. Yeah. Any like major city, I guess, metropolitan city, but mm. which again, it's like that played into a big part of personally why we chose to live where we live I'm sure like you're saying it's a big part for you as well and that's important like it seems so small but it's like why not try to live as perfect of a life as you can you know like why not if that's what you want then you deserve to be able to to live that way or at least try yeah and I think the more that we try it the more that once again we find our authenticity we are very clear on our values and live intentionally like when we try like that little by little it will all come together so and for you like having the right mindset to succeed in life no matter your own definition of success what do you think are the elements to elements the elements to my mindset I think to having the right mindset to succeed in life yeah I think again for me and I don't know at this point maybe I sound a bit like a broken record but It goes back to being authentic with myself. You know, like I think that is the formula is that if I can be authentic in who I am, I already know what kind of mindset work I need to do. So for example, if I am getting to know myself and I know that 
you and I talked about previously, like if I know that I have a little bit of imposter syndrome surrounding uh, publishing my writings online, if I'm being authentic in myself and how I move about the world, it's easier for me to identify what needs to be worked on in terms of mindset or like unhealed trauma or shadow work or whatever you do, the general collective does. And so I think that if I'm authentic in who I am, what I want to achieve, who I want to be and and the values that I want to embody, then the mindset work kind of comes naturally. And I think the lessons that I need to learn and the kind of obstacles that I need to overcome are naturally just kind of put into my path. And so Again, like, again, I don't know if it's at this point, just like repeating the same thing, but I think for me, it is, it, it's all, all about authenticity and being authentic has allowed me to naturally come upon things that I need to heal. And so like, I just think that if you have the capability of designing your ideal or dream life in your head, after doing all of the self-awareness work that we've talked about, if you have this kind of roadmap of what you want your life to look like. And you start moving towards it, like you're saying, it's like you've got blindfolds on, but you just know you're going in the right direction. You naturally come upon the lessons that you need to learn. And so I think for me, it's about being authentic and then just trusting the process and what comes up, you know, not everything that comes up needs your attention, but I think what comes up that feels, you know, like it's preventing you from achieving that life or holding you back in some way or making it more difficult than it should be to achieving that life that's where you need to direct your kind of inner work on or your mindset work. And so I think that if you trust the process and are open to what comes up during that process, it just kind of naturally, naturally happens. I don't know if that's a cop out. Do you, I mean, do you get what I'm saying? I I feel like for somebody listening who might be totally new to this or just like really eager to start the process in general, like they want to quit their job and they know that they want to live a different life. I feel like the way I'm explaining it might be a little bit too abstract but does that does that make sense to you you know yeah it makes sense to me it makes sense to me but if someone new and wanting to do this mindset work as something that they've never done before and but are very eager just like you you said i would say or i would recommend then everybody's free to do whatever they want everything that you said as a starting point authenticity knowing who you are what you want being very clear on your values and having them as your GPS, literally, but then discipline, consistency, and being in action mode. If you're not in action mode, if you're not disciplined and consistent with the goals and the intentions that you put into your mind, nothing is going to materialize. You have to be like all hands on deck. I won't say every single time because we're still human, but it has to be like To me personally, I think once I've been very clear on my goals, on my intentions, on my values, and I feel like I kind of know where I'm heading, but it's not 100% clear, but I still have like this drive and this passion into me. Like I go all in. Like, and if I don't, nobody's going to do that for me. Then I will just have my eyes to cry about not living my dream life. But if I don't do the work, if I'm not 100%, if I'm not disciplined and consistent, I cannot blame it on anybody else. And that's just my part, but that doesn't mean that everything's going to work just because I'm disciplined and consistent because there's so many other factors, but at least I would have done my part. And at least I could be proud of myself and at least I will live without any regret. I agree. I think as a precursor to that too, kind of what we've talked about doing like the self-awareness work, 
it's important to believe that you deserve your dream life, you know, and Mm. you are worthy, like just inherently worthy of achieving whatever you want to achieve. I think we might've talked about this last time or just in other conversations. I think one of the biggest reasons why I see people struggling in this and myself included, obviously like we are myself included. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is a lack of, I mean, not like a total lack of self-worth, but a lack of self-worth in some way, you know, it's like, or self-belief. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, I, and I think maybe you and I have talked about this. I struggled and continue to struggle with like money mindset. So like believing that I'm worthy of earning a certain amount or just being able to envision myself as wealthy um, is tough for me. And I think that that comes from uh, uh, the root cause being a lack of self-worth somewhere deep down, you know? And so like, if you don't believe with your, I don't want to say whole heart, because I know I don't believe with my whole heart all the time, but if you don't believe that you deserve your dream life, then like what you're saying, it kind of goes hand in hand with action. Nobody else is going to do that for you. Like nobody else is going to believe in you as much as you will, as much as you need to. And so I think that it's important to touch on self-worth as well. I think a lot of people I see, it's they have this drive and they have this interest and they have this you know, willingness to go on this journey, but they're not able to because they're like, well, yeah, but I don't, you know, who am I to like? But that's the thing. Like, I like my question because that's exactly the first step that I stated. Like you have to be self-aware. So you need to know what are your fears? What is holding you back? What are your self-doubt? Why are you self-sabotaging? What is your level of self-love and self-worth? Do you feel like an imposter in some area of your life? Like you need to deconstruct all of that. You need to break down all of that so you can move not only intentionally, but like in full awareness. And once you have this awareness on yourself, every time that you will find a blockage or an obstacle, you will be like, okay, this obstacle is here because... X, Y, and Z. Just like you said, with the money mindset, is something that you're struggling with, but you know that it stems from something related to self-worth. So now you know that you need to work on your self-worth in order to overcome that obstacle that is preventing you to have the money mindset that you deserve or that you want or that you're trying to achieve. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely, it's so important. I made like a whole, I think a podcast episode about self-sabotage. I did YouTube videos on self-love, self-worth. And actually one of our latest conversation triggered an idea. <laughs> so the next video that we'll publish on YouTube will be about imposter syndrome. Nice. So thank you for <laughs> triggering. I'm excited. Yeah, it's relevant. I think to everybody, but to me specifically, yeah. for sure. I think that's why I think the groundwork, the shadow work, all of that is first. Is first. You cannot move through life intentionally if you're not self-aware. It yeah. doesn't even make sense. Yeah, I agree. This idea of, or I don't know if it's an idea, it's more like of a concept that we all fall into or fell into at some point is this victim mentality. Like, oh, I cannot do this because I'm like this, or I grew up like that, or my parents did this to me. I think to have the right mindset in life and to succeed, whatever your definition of success is, there's like a huge part of responsibility of yourself. And I read this thing, which was responsibility, but like in two words, like response, ability, like you have the ability to respond in life. So stop trying to blame other people for your own circumstances. Look in the mirror, do the inner work, self-awareness, be clear on your values, your intentions, 
and then go for it, like discipline and consistency and in action mode. But I think one of the first steps with the inner work is to stop the blame game, taking responsibility and realize that you have the ability to respond to your own life, to your own triggers and your own conditioning as well. Yeah, I think that's so big. And I've done that too, you know, and it's like, it's, it's just so much easier to not take responsibility. And that's not to say that it's not important. You know, if you behave a certain way because you were traumatized as a young child. And it's normal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and that's a big deal. Like you deserve to feel that and experience that and heal that. But it's also, you know, as an adult, your responsibility to heal that, you know, like the person who, who, who caused that trauma is not going to heal that for you. Nobody's going to heal you, but you, like even in therapy, a therapist isn't going to fix your problems either. They'll help you unravel them and make sense of what they are and give you kind of a toolbox to fix them. But I totally agree at the end of the day, it's just, it's you. If you, yeah, if your life isn't the way that you want it, that's unfortunately all on you. As scary as that seems, I talk a lot about this in kind of an entrepreneurial kind of a way. And I'm sure you'll feel similarly, or I assume you will feel similarly. I think it's a lot easier for people who own their own businesses or who engage in or are entrepreneurs in some way to do this kind of, a, of of work because not only is it necessary, I think to build a successful business, you really have to be like on your shit and you have to work through your, <laughs> your, your own trauma. And like, you have to like mindset, like it's such a big part of business, at least these days. And so I think people who engage in that kind of those pursuits are a little bit more able to look inward because being a business owner too, like it's all about taking responsibility. Like if something goes wrong, like if at the end of the day, that if I'm the owner of my business, that's my responsibility. Like I have to respond to those lawsuits and claims and whatever. And I think that's, you know, business owners or people who are entrepreneurs tend to be a little bit more willing to do this work because it's also necessary if you want to build a business or, you know, do anything big in life. Yeah, take responsibility. Yes, I agree. And I would even add that being an entrepreneur, actually, I realized that recently because I, I got interviewed, pushed me to think about my own journey as an entrepreneur. And I realized that it's so intertwined with my own personal journey that when I'm lacking in my personal journey, my business is lacking. So even though it's still a different entity, my business is not me. I'm still the one pulling the strings behind the scenes. So if I'm not taking responsibility for my own life, how can I take the responsibility of a business or my employees or my clients, projects and so on and so forth? I know it sounds very harsh. Like if you're miserable, it's your fault. (laughs) You have to take responsibility. But I've been in that place before too. I was like, oh, if I'm like that, I don't have that. It's because this person did that. Like my parents like instilled this idea and concept in me. And that was conditioning, but not the right kind of conditioning. It's because of the school system, society. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to change. Society is here to stay. Capitalism and every wrong things that goes with it is here to stay. But now is our role like, as adults, like you said, our responsibility is to heal ourselves, is to decondition ourselves, is to be able to do that so we can navigate the world in a healthy way and in a way that works for us instead of against us and then crying because we're not where we want to be. So I know it's super harsh, but it's true. I mean, it's my truth. So mm-hmm. I will say to the harshness, though, 
And you and I, again, talking about freedom, like total freedom to kind of live life the way that you want to and not have anybody say, well, you clocked in five minutes late today, you know, don't let it happen. Like, I don't know, whatever they say. Um, Biggest eye roll. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking to how harsh it sounds, on the other side of taking responsibility, in my opinion, is total, pure, unchained freedom. Because if I am responsible for everything that goes bad in my life, I'm also responsible for everything fantastic and amazing that happens. And there's just such a sense of freedom in knowing that if I'm like, nothing depends on anybody else. Like it's me. And I I get to choose how I respond and react to situations and I get to take responsibility for them. And if I'm responsible, then it means that maybe I'm like kind of relying on a sense of control here. I don't know if that's underneath it all, but if I'm responsible for what happens, then like I can change it. And I think that understanding that when you're really able to, understand and embody that it changes your whole life because it's like well then I can do anything you know I'm in charge like I'm the captain of my ship here you know this is all on me which is scary like oh god it's all on me but it's also like wow this is all on me I get I get to choose I get to direct I get to make decisions and I think if it sounds a bit harsh then know that on the other side of embodying that reality that truth is total freedom and I think when you accept it it just really opens you up in a way it opened me up in a way that was life changing yeah and I will bounce on the on the thing that you said like about being the captain of your own ship but precising that we are responsible for our part what others do is their responsibility. And sometimes what others do backfire onto us or bring like kind of drama, obstacle, whatever, our way. But that is not our responsibility. That is part of the process. It's not because we're responsible of our part that if things goes wrong is always because of us. Sometimes there are external elements that happens that make us get a little bit like sidetracked or... So focusing on our part, because we're responsible for our part, but then the rest, we just like leave it to other people and leave it to the universe. But what depends on us, our healing, the way that we react, the way that we choose our thoughts, it's on us. Mm -hmm. And that we cannot put the blame on someone else. But that doesn't mean also that it's easy because... It depends on how you've been conditioned. It depends how you've been raised. It depends on your environment. It depends on what kind of privilege do you have. So all of that is also to take in consideration. So yes, it's your responsibility, but only your part. And it's not going to be easy, but you got to keep on going. Yeah. These are all very complex concepts ideas and concepts to put into words, but I yeah. 100% agree. I agree. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure like everything we say, even though we said a lot of things, like we're still missing a lot yeah. <laughs> out of the same concept. But um, yeah, it's still very interesting. Mindset work includes an element of trust, believing that by doing the inner work, only time will confirm that, yes, you did the right thing. You were right in believing and keep on going. But for a long while, you don't actually see tangible results. It's all based on trust. You're just surviving on divine trust and hard work. How do you stay grounded through it all and keep that element of practicality to make things work in your favor in the long run? I think for me, the first step was becoming okay with being uncomfortable. So for me, uh, the way that I grew up and I guess maybe my natural personality, where the situations that I grew up in led me to become a very scared adult, a very like uh, 
structured young adult. And so change for me, anything out of the ordinary was just not like it really threw me for a loop. Um, my dad, when I was little, used to tell me like, well, you just, you know, if we say we're going to one restaurant and then we change our mind and go to a different restaurant, you know, it just puts you, throws you into a frenzy. And that kind of was that severe <laughs> and drastic, you know, like I wanted to know where we're going, what time we're arriving, what am I going to eat? Let me look at the menu beforehand. Um, things like that. And for me, a big part of my personal journey was being thrown into a lot of life situations around the world, specifically where I just didn't have control and had to learn not to fight that. And so I think that for me specifically, and perhaps for others, understanding, like we talked about previously, that most things are out of your control. (laughs) It was a big one for me. And so like, I think having the ability to stay grounded requires you to kind of just be open to what happens. I think you can't become ungrounded if you don't let things affect you. And I don't mean that in like a you know, you have to close your heart and close off all emotions, you know, it's, it's accepting that and and letting it come in and whatever happens happens and, you know, rolling with it and letting it go back out, you know, into the universe or whatever you want to call it. Um, And so I think for me, the biggest thing was being okay with being uncomfortable. And I think that once you become okay with uncomfortability and, and not being in your comfort zone in general, when things happen in life, like you're saying, when things don't go your way, or you're just hitting a particular rough patch, which we all do, you know, I mean, like, it honestly continues to surprise me how much inner work and healing I can do, and yet still go through like, periods in my life where it just feels sad and and sensitive. And I feel so vulnerable. And I feel so not depressed, but kind of towards that direction. Um, And that's a part of it, too. You know, like things aren't always happy and bright and, and you know, like this awakening is so fantastic. Like sometimes it just, it's, it's tough, especially if you're touching on, you know, really dark trauma or whatever has occurred in your life. Um, but for me, yeah, it was un- getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think once I was really able to learn how to do that, it was easier to stay grounded when things go wrong because I'm used to being uncomfortable, first of all. And second of all, I've just had enough life experience at this point to know that it doesn't last. It's all to my benefit. You know, it's it's serving me in some way or another. It's necessary on my journey if I'm going to continue to evolve. And so I just know those things to be true as well. And I think a part of that is just experience like you and I have talked about. I think it's throwing yourself into uncomfortable situations day after day after day, and then learning to kind of love it and learning to love where it sends you and what happens from that un- uncomfortability and how it can serve you. What's been the biggest thing for you? To ground myself? Yeah. How have you learned to stay grounded throughout kind of this awakening journey? What was the process like for you? Hmm. I think for me, but then again, it's not really grounding. It's more like this inner knowing that Mm. I've always had, which is very strange because I've been in periods in my life where I had like literally nothing to be helpful for. And I don't even know why... I was like having this inner knowing that it's going to be okay. Like I'm going to go through this. I think by default, like I'm very optimistic. Some people can call that naivete or being gullible. But I think if you use that to your advantage, but being very aware and mindful and smart too can really play into your advantage. Because even in the darkest of places, 
you will have that as your superpower in a way to be able to overcome whatever you're going through. So yes, I would say like this inner knowing, this trust in something way bigger than me that is going to have my back. Trusting myself, I've learned to trust myself through time, through experiences, through failures, to really trust myself and my path and my timeline. Lately, the thing that I've struggled the most is like the ebbs and flows when I feel like I'm supposed to be at some place in my life at that time and it's not happening. So trusting my own timeline, trusting myself that I can keep on going, even though I thought it will be over. But for this thing now, like I still have the stamina and the drive and the will and the passion and also allowing myself to rest. Because I think the hustle culture and how we grew up, at least in Western society, that to me, I felt guilty. Every time that I would rest, I would feel terrible. So I would not actually rest. I would be in my head, like thinking about a hundred things and then trying to go back into the thing. So learning to listen to my body as well, learning to take breaks, learning to go deep within myself, to journal a lot a lot i love journaling that's a great medium for me to take a step back and transmute my fears in a way into something more powerful which is weird because fears are supposed to weaken you but like once you've done the work i think they can play in your favor as well and learning to build the fear and do it anyway and what else be in my body as well be so much more into my body like working out doing yoga walking because we have such a sedentary life <laughs> that yeah. sometimes I tend to be too much in my head so having like this balance once again since now is my value I'm like if you're too much in your head something is wrong so you need to have the balance and be more into my body and finding that so um, yeah I think that's how I've been able to ground myself through it all that's cool I think the what you said about the one of my favorite quotes ever is feel the fear and do it anyway. I think that's characterized my life quite accurately. Um, <laughs> just like grew up being a very fearful person and traveling all over the world. It, there were a lot of times where I was just like, I just, I'm not, not scared. I'm just doing it anyway. You know, I'm putting yeah. one foot into the other. I guess if I had one piece, not that you were asking, but <laughs> one piece of advice that I would give people <laughs> who are having trouble grounding themselves or even like starting this journey, it's just, to do it or do something, you know, I think mm. a lot of it is experiential. It has been for me and it has been for so many other people I've spoken to. You've just said it was for you as well. And so I think that it's just so tough to move forward in your journey or to accomplish anything or live your dream life. For example, if you don't take action again, like what you're saying, like you have to be in action mode. And I think that you can do all of this mindset work and you can do all of this you can heal deep, deep trauma. But if you're not like trying to make something happen in the real world, if you're not making moves to achieve your dream life or to at least make a change in some small way, it's not going to happen for you. Back to the point of nobody else is going to do it for you. But I think that just do it. Yeah. Whatever yeah. it is, is, has been so big and so helpful for me. And I think that like, if anybody was looking for one solid piece of advice, it's just to do it. It's, I mean, it's going to be scary and it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be exhausting and it's okay to rest and it's okay not to always be healing, obviously, but just do it, whatever yeah. that is for you. Yeah. Getting out of your comfort zone and challenging yourself is super important. Yeah. Yeah. 
Do you have simple daily habits you do to be more conscious and act more consciously in life? I think while you were going through your list, I was like, that's, that's a great answer. My working out, like trying harder to be in my body is a massive thing for me. Um, mm. It's come up a lot in the past six to 12 months is just learning to not to be so much in my head. I think for people like you and I, it's quite easy to, yeah. well, I'm just like, I'm evolving consciously, you know, and it's like, that's great. <laughs> and the state of the world and <laughs> yeah, you know, like that and stuff like that. Yeah important obviously but um I have a tendency as well to probably like disassociate from my body and so any way that I can come back in my body through meditation or exercise or breathing exercises whatever it is I've recently started doing like hip opening exercises that for whatever reason have been really effective and so um a lot of trauma stored in the hips yeah yeah. and that's like the point too and it's it's been it's been great. It's been emotional. And that's okay. Like I, that's part of the point. Like, again, talking about how sometimes negative emotions, they don't feel good, but it doesn't mean that they're negative per se. Um, they deserve to be felt and released as well. But yeah, just trying to be in my body. I think when you are in your body, it's a lot easier to be in the present moment, obviously, which is the whole goal. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I've completely forgot. But yeah, that's has yeah. been my goal to live in the present moment. It's astounding how tough that is. When it should be the norm, because we are here in the present, but in our head, we're either in the past or in the future. We never grounded in the present moment. Yeah. It's like, why is that not, you know, our, our human default setting is to be, I am here right now, but like, why am I not here right now? You know, (laughs) why is that not the case? So, I mean, I think that's always the goal, right? Is nothing can really affect you if you are truly in a hundred percent, just in this present moment, nothing else matters. And so I think that's the goal of anything we do to stay grounded or to move ourselves forward, I think, is to be present in my body, to move my body, to showing like love towards my body is, is like like through exercise, for example, or through stretching or through breathing fresh air or breathing correctly with breathing exercises. You know, it's also astounding to me uh, how we don't know how to breathe. Yeah. You know, it's like, what did I, what did, I mean, like, I don't know, you know, it's, it's like this human body. It's like, it just didn't come with a manual and nobody's taught us how to properly use it over the years, you know? And so all of those things, I think, pull you away from the present moment again, like meditation as well. And I think I personally, um, I think I, I say this sometimes, and I think people who don't know me get this idea of me that it, Perhaps I'm like this, like I sit in my room for an hour every day and I meditate in silence and it's like a very like Buddhist practice. And sometimes it is not an hour, but sometimes it is like a traditional meditation. But like sometimes meditation for me honestly means opening my hips and listening to psychedelic guitar solos and letting that music also like work its magic in my body like that to me is also a form of meditation and so I think any way that you can kind of bring yourself back to the present moment is is meditation yeah Yeah. it can be cooking it can be painting it can be walking it can be sitting in silence it can be stuff like that but um yeah meditation can have different form yeah what are your practices my go-to practices are praying, yoga, meditation. I've learned about tapping meditation, which I really love. Since a month, I've been back into silence meditation for 10, 20 minutes a day. Journaling and I would say music. Music is like, 
I mean, it's not helping me to act more consciously, but it soothes my soul. And I think like if I'm like in a good <laughs> internal state, I can be more conscious about my outer life. So yeah. And dancing, that helps me too. Movement, right? The older I get too, I think the more important it is for me to, I'm not old, we're not old, but the older I get, the are more we, I Are we not old? <laughs> I mean, we're not old, but like my body obviously doesn't feel the same as it did when I was 21. I understand and can like feel it deep in my bones, how important it is to, to move and like my body self-love through stretching and taking care of it and moisturizing it and massaging it, you know, things like that. And so just the older we get, the more love we have for our bodies in general, I I assume, or I hope, I don't know, maybe not. Yeah, I guess if we've done the inner work and the self-love and self-worth and so on and so forth, that also reflects on how we treat ourselves, how we treat our body, what we eat, how we move it, how we pamper it. But I guess if you're 55 and you haven't done that, like there's a good chance that you don't really take care of your body. Yeah. And this is interesting. The idea of of like when you're on this path, you and I might have actually touched on this previously, but when you are on on this type of journey and you are self-aware and you have self-worth and you embody self-worth and you value yourself and others around you, it's almost as if like when you start to engage in unhealthy behavior, it like your body and your mind reject it. It becomes harder to like, I don't, I had a drinking problem before. And now it's like, I can have like two cocktails and I just feel sick. You know, like, it's like, I'm not, I will still maybe once every six months have a cocktail, but my body just doesn't want it. You know, it's yeah. like, it's become so hard to not love yourself. I think when you're Oh, I love that. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Even with the food, like I know how, first of all, I have a sensitive stomach, so I cannot eat anything. But when I try to eat stuff like junk foods or like unhealthy snack, because just I felt like it, my body's like, no, we're not doing that. Please put that caramel popcorn down or whatever. Even though my mind wants it sometimes, like my body is like, no, we're not going to accept that anymore. This is so strange. So strange. Yeah. And let us know about the services you offered through your business, Shrip Away, and where can we find you online? We, um, so with my husband, I co-founded a digital marketing agency. And over the years, we've evolved to narrow our services down to offering mostly SEO strategies and content strategies and the actual content itself. And so we're a bilingual agency. We speak English and Spanish. Um, and yeah, we focus, I think, similarly to you and your business, focus a lot on working with not all the time, but businesses that are, you know, c- conscious or embody those types of values. Um, businesses basically that are interested in an evolution or a transformative journey as well. Uh, kind of like everything we've just talked about. Um, but yeah, it's sharpawaymarketing.com. Yeah, we're on social media. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Our talk. I loved it. So Same. much that we did two parts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, so, Thank much. you so much. Thank you so much. It was it was nice to chat with you and to have you hold space for me as I explain things as well. Thank you to have taken the time to listen to me talking about conscious living. Conscious Matters is a self-produced podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, leave a review, and ordinate. Your support will help to keep on raising the collective consciousness together. Take care and talk to you soon.